GMGM, everyone, bonjour, guten morgen, dobro utro, la brit. That is basically the way how we do it here in a battery space in Europe. I'm happy to have everyone on a weekly episode of Origins XYZ battery show about the origins of the biggest OGs in the space with, you know, this European spirit. I'm live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Paris time, and as always, I'm your host, Nikit Sikaluk, and I'm here to grow together with you. Make sure that you share the space with your friends and family, because we are live. And today, for this very special, very symbolic episode 33 of Origins XYZ on Radio, I have an amazing friend from the U.S. directly, Edward of Super Chief Gallery, man, GMGM once again. Hey, GMGM, Nikki. Good to be here. And uh, yeah, no, I love your energy, man. God bless. Hit me. God bless. Exactly. I'm extremely happy to see so many art lovers, creators, and brands out there for our today's space. I just posted that we are live. And the way how I posted it, I didn't just say that we're going to talk about crypto art or NFT art or art in Web3 <clears throat> space. I said that we're going to talk about crypto art, NFTs, raves, anime, maybe even beefsteaks. Because I do believe that all... <laughs> Edward, you hear? Yeah, I think it rugged me a little bit. I lost that last whole sentence. <laughs> I was saying that you are extremely versatile man, and when it comes to describing you, there's so many different adjectives, there's so many verbs and nouns that I can use, but obviously we're here to discuss art, specifically crypto art, to be even more specific, the difference between the US market with the rest of the world. Are you ready, my man? I'm ready. I'm glad I asked you to say it twice. Yeah, man, let's do let's it. Let's rock and roll, my boy. First of all, I want to give some context to people <clears throat> how we connected with that. I do believe that we connected maybe three months ago back at NFT Rome. So huge shout out to Luca from NFT Rome, who might join us later today. But those couple of months... Feels like we've been connected with you for years, right, man? Because I can't believe that was three months ago already. Crazy. That's like, it's crazy. Uh, this industry and like time in general is like an accordion, you know? It kind of like, you can like, uh, it feels like it was forever ago and it feels like it was two weeks ago. Exactly. I mean, we've gone through so much already. Let's take, for example, NFC Lisbon, which happened just one month ago, and all the parties, all the events that were happening there. And now, soon enough, we're going to talk about ECC, which is happening <laughs> next week, and you're coming here to Paris. Absolutely. And actually, I know that you like exclusivity. I know that you like this exclusive entrance, exclusive news. You are my first guest for Origins XYZ after I moved to Paris. So congrats hey. to you, man, as well. Dude, congrats on moving to Paris. That's gorgeous. Appreciate The next time you're here in a week from now, we're going to party well. We're going to go to some good places, and you already share with me all the events that you are organizing or participating in. But before we <clears> move <throat> there, let's actually take a step back 
and give some context to the listeners who are here today live or those who will be listening to the space later on since it's recorded. Let's give them some context about Edward Zipko in Web3, right? Yeah, Super sure thing. Gallery, Super Chief Gallery <clears throat> as the very first in real life NFT gallery was created even before NFT became a thing. Superchief Gallery was founded back in 2012. Yes. So I want to understand who is Edward Zipko before all the NFT, and I would say even all the blockchain boom. Where do you get this passion for art, and why did you join this West Wild West Web3 world? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, let's do it. I'll, I'll do the... Uh... I'll do it all the way back and then uh, I'll get us here. So growing up, um, my grandmother had an art gallery. So like all the way back uh, from the start, I was kind of raised inside of an environment that was uh, either surrounded by artists or surrounded by artwork or surrounded by the inside of a gallery. So like it was always really normal to see creative people around and to see you know, surrealist work and all of that kind of insanity was very normal. And I think that like that kind of set a stage for me going to art school at Pratt, which was kind of like the, I grew up in South Florida. I went to New York to go to Pratt in Brooklyn. And the years that I was there was kind of like right before the street art graffiti boom. So like, a lot of our friends, <clears throat> a lot of our what, friends. What was like, the year? What was the year though? I don't want people to think that you are too old, even though you are, man. Let's oh, be honest. Okay. What, what was, was the year? <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I, yeah, I guess I'm relatively old. Um, yeah, so it was 99. So I went to school in 99. In I was Pratt, one year old. Brooklyn. Just to give some. You were one year old? Here. Yeah, exactly. I was one Good year old. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Let's go. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, I went to fucking Pratt and uh, I was blown away. I was kind of just surrounded by brilliant people and a ton of artists. And it was like, you know, you go to high school and you go to public school and you go to these things and you you kind of uh, you find the people that you're impressed by and you find the people that are like really brilliant. And it's, you know, it's great. But like when I went to Pratt, I was kind of surrounded by people that I thought were brilliant and surrounded by people that were like, really uh it's just everyone in the room was killing it and i think that that was really inspiring at the time and we would kind of watch the way that the system worked you know like the art world system which is again like super fucking niche but like we would watch how it worked and basically friends of ours would start to become kind of cherry picked out of the scene and it would basically it'd be really exciting for everybody you know for them and us and all of it but watching young artists get uh i guess get that moment we also because i was living inside of it i got to see all like the negatives of it where people that had really early success are typically like ripped out of their community and it kind of fucked everybody's heads up a little bit like the people that were successful and started getting opportunities in like, you know, the Manhattan art scene, like they were immediately distanced from 
the community they were a part of that they were really excited about and enjoying in Brooklyn. And I think it was really, it was really interesting and upsetting to see like how the system worked then. It's like, it was exciting because I get to see like giant art events and what it's like when uh, a, you know, a gallery like Deitch will take an artist like Swoon and really like, showcase them to the world and give them giant opportunities and it was incredible but we also saw that like it kind of created fissures like fissures and breaks cracks in the scene that it it doesn't really it doesn't really allow the people that are successful to remain connected to the community that they're a part of and something that really drove us like when we started being uh more and more involved as our friends, as my friends were getting like these giant opportunities, we'd see like the, um, the community itself needs support and the events that we were starting to throw were getting bigger and bigger. So we were trying to imagine what is it like to participate? You know, what is it like to try to make the scene and make the community move as fast as our best and brightest? And make it so our best and brightest would still want to be participating in the original community, like the underground community that they come from. And I think jumping a few years ahead, we like in 2009, no, 2009, we were really just throwing art events. We didn't even call it a gallery. It was just giant events that would be... Uh, big murals, big graffiti, big like art show. A how many people time. how many people came to support back then? And I, I specifically want to emphasize this part because later on I'm gonna ask you the questions and I'm gonna share with the audience how many people are coming right now at this type of event. So I want just to have this comparison. For sure. I'd say like in the mid two thousands when we were throwing parties, it would be like 300 400 people 300 400 kids would show up and that was fucking awesome you know that was like it was all about the get... culture right it was all yeah. about the culture the people who actually came they understood the culture they understood this they're making the culture they were, yes they were the culture caterers they were the culture shakers and they wanted to participate in it 100 percent. yeah well i mean it was well it was just like it would be friday you know, so that's what you do. Everyone that you give a shit about gets together and it would like be chaotic and insane and wonderful. And <clears throat> like, I think in the late 2000s, like 2009, we started doing events that would be like 2008. We got our first venue. Um, it was called Bodega in Brooklyn. And it was basically a false bodega like a fake bodega we built out a fake front a ba i'm sorry for everyone in europe <laughs> a bodega is like a grocery store like a little corner grocery store it's the local spot where you'd go and get cigarettes you'd go and get beer that kind of shit you know you go and get groceries if you didn't go to a grocery store when it was open and it's midnight and you need something to eat bodega. A, good, a, a good example of recent bodega for my fashion friends would be G-Money's 90cc mm. activation that happened uh, during NFT NYC. A thousand this... percent. 
Yeah. It was a huge event, and all those Web3 DJs uh, who are also moving the Web3 space from fashion side, uh, they were participating in this activation back in New York. Yeah, I think, like, uh, it was so perfect that he picked that. Um, but, yeah, so we basically built out a fake bodega in the front, and then right behind it, there was, like, a false wall that would open itself up to, like, an 1,800-square-foot uh DIY space you know and i think like from there we just kept getting more and more venues like in 2010 i think we had like a four story warehouse in brooklyn that one was called uh i think we called that one party expo that year um but yeah it kind of scaled up we started at 300 400 people and that was you know the tight knit scene and then when we started getting bigger spaces, it suddenly was like around a thousand people. And the thing that we kind of started to experience and really the thing that I was beating my head against in like 2018, 2019 was like, we were throwing parties where, or rather it's like an art show that bleeds into a party when it keeps on going and it's like 11 PM. So then we change the lighting and then we put on a different kind of DJ and then the party keeps going. So when we were doing that, it was like 1,500 people come out, 1,700 people come out. And then when we did the ones for like Basel, um, during Miami Art Basel, we'd throw like a giant event every year with a different crazy partner. And the last, in 2019, I was just like, how does this scale? Like, how do we continue to like, this is all growing, but you can't really export paintings in the way that like, music gets to be brought to different communities and you can tour a band, but you can't really tour an artist. Like also the output didn't make any sense. And I was just like banging my head against the ceiling of it for a while. And in 2019, we did our biggest show ever in uh, Miami art, like uh, during Miami art Basel in Wynwood, we took over like 25,000 square feet of warehouses um, in this really like central part of Wynwood and we had uh we had Freddie Gibbs perform and it was just a giant fucking thing and we called it the death of the present because just none of the system seems like it made sense like it was just everything felt tired and kind of like stale and kind of not functional to get to the next step <clears throat> and then really an experiment from 2016 that we were doing something that we were really like passionate about came back in in a big way, which was like in 2016, again, I was really, really frustrated that we were doing these art shows that were getting a lot of attention and the community comes out, we get sales and blah, blah, blah. But like, we're not showing any of the work that we were staring at all day on our phones. And that was bugging me out. It's like we were on Instagram constantly, all of the artists that we were fucking with, Instagram constantly, and we were seeing all this cool stuff. And then you go to an art show and it's like, well, this is what that artist does as paintings. And it's like, cool, but like, I really fucked with their Instagram and their, you know, the digital art they were doing. I'm really into like the 14 other people that are all in that, you know, wave and no one was showing them really. There were like a little pocket handfuls of like really small, really great uh, voices doing it, but it was still few and far between in like the scene overall. So we opened up uh, a digital art space in 2016 in Soho and just like wall-to-wall -wall smart TVs. 
And doing that, like we couldn't sell any of the artwork, but we could show the work and we could have the discourse and we can meet everybody and try to find ways for them, like to support them and do other things. But like that really, without us knowing it, built a bunch of relationships with people that were killing it when NFT started coming out and it was starting like the first waves of it breaking into mass culture. So we would see the people that were selling in like late 2019, 2020, where a lot of the people that we were showing uh, back in 2016. So it made us aware of all this stuff. It made us like connected to it. And I think that's definitely what brought us into this world. And this world is global. So it, it answers a lot of the questions that I've been kind of like smashing my head into a wall over. Yeah, man. I do believe that the things that I personally like the most about you is the deepness to which you are taking every question that people are asking you. You are taking everything very serious. And even though people who know you in person, you are an extremely easygoing person oh, yeah, can, who can work hard the whole day and then watch anime the whole night and then repeat it day after day after day. You're extremely open-minded. You are extremely creative when it comes to innovating and trying new things. Perhaps this is the way why you succeed. But at the same time, you're taking things very seriously. Whenever you need to dive with your head to explore the topic, to find new opportunities, you always pick the same route. You always pick the right route. And uh, yeah, I have this very rare picture of you which was at Ledger Speaker's Dinner back at NFC Lisbon. I do believe that one day we're going to mint this as an NFT. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, man. Catch every of these moments, man. These IRL moments are very surreal. So, yes. I, and I appreciate it. The For me, like the way – this is just my life. This is just like how I uh, spend every fucking day is trying to figure this stuff out because it is, it is really important to me. This is like how I've spent the last 20 years of my life, like professionally. And then my entire childhood and development years have all been like, you know, surrounded by the creative industry and trying to figure this shit out and staying obsessed with it and wanting to like, you know, uh, participate and help fix the systems that make it. So, uh, I would like there to be less starving artists. I would like there to be more ownership of creativity and like, you know, systems that actually support creatives is like my whole shit, you know? So I think like it's, it's really about acknowledging that things that, you know, we as people believe in these artists that we believe in, they have value, you know, and the work has value. So reinforcing that again and again and again and finding a million ways and opportunities is just like, I don't know, the best part of this shit. Yeah, I love it, man. Exactly. And one more thing that I can say about you, you are actually enjoying the journey just like me uh, rather than enjoying only the end result, which sometimes does not appear. Sometimes it changes its form and weight 10 times before you get there, but you are actually enjoying every single moment, every single day of the journey 
And I do believe that what makes you being you, and I absolutely love it, and I absolutely appreciate this about you, Edward. Before we move into the Web3 narrative of crypto art and art in general, I want to talk a bit more about your passion for art and specifically different art types. I know that you are obsessed with street art, with graffitis. At least this is what we do whenever we're together with Luca. I know that you are also a very big fan and you actually understand traditional art coming from traditional roots. At the same time, you're a big supporter of cyberpunk wave and movement. So why don't we talk a bit more about different types of art that have been forming Edward Zipko, who we know as we know him right now. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, I'm uh I also love anime. <laughs> you know, like I I'm really Another type of art. Absolutely. Uh the scene is not ready for us to push that. I have to be very like mindful of my timing of when I focus all of our professional energy as a brand um into a different genre. I'm trying to um a lot of what we do is acknowledging something is necessary. But instead of talking about it, we kind of just don't talk about it, but work on it. So like an example of that is, um, you know, for the last like probably year, maybe year and a half, let's say a year. Um, I think the industry has been really focused on like recognizing that one of ones and, you know, the art world in general <laughs> has has value. And there isn't uh, there isn't enough arts education for the community that's like interested in investing in that from like the Web three standpoint, right? So like these these crypto communities are all valuing art, but there isn't a lot of education, and they're trying to understand like how to really how to play the game, how to flex all, all the things that they're trying to do, but then also like historically how to understand what these things are what the values are and how to again flex on each other but i think like showcasing uh actual arts education so there have been conversations about it there are all these like uh you know there are all these tweets about like the value of it um but still it's like sorely lacking so what we started to do is rather than rather than teach anybody anything um in this regard because people hate being taught things just like the human mind uh, doesn't really enjoy it unless it's prepared the right way. So most people are fighting the education. So what we decided to do was do really straightforward, uh, simplified genre shows where it's like, if they're interested in AI, here's a lot of AI artists. Here's the AI artists that we love. And, expose these fucking people to it expose them to at least something that we enjoy from that uh that sector and then push the artists that we love from that sector so like we've done that for cyberpunk we're doing that right now for collage and we have a show that's going to be uh you're wonderful so you pinned it to the top already you wonderful person um so if you scroll through the top uh you can see everything but the kitchen knife 
it's a collage group exhibition and like getting to experiment and like with the curation on that and getting to open it up cross genre or I guess cross medium and still encourage it to be focused, you know, obviously on collage allows us to introduce the audience to collage without them feeling like they're being taught anything. It's just them feeling like, Oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, I think it's really important to like engage people like that. So they start somewhere. Um, again, because no one wants to learn anything because we're all mentally exhausted and the walls are really up, you know, when you're on this app, but also this is the only place people live. So, you know, I get there's like threads and shit, but you know, we haven't done that yet. Uh, <laughs> we're focused right here. And like, so the way that we're engaging with the audience and educating people about artists and genres that we think are really valuable and really cool and historically relevant we're doing exhibitions that are kind of like a, a bigger umbrella and then we're touring those exhibitions internationally which is like another thing that like i kind of tease through some of these tweets about like what the hell we're doing um but i don't really tell people you know it's kind of just like here's a surprise here's a surprise here's a surprise um we're probably i was thinking about it yesterday we're probably one of the handful of brands right now or a handful of groups right now that could do a fucking roadmap and just like actually present a roadmap of what we're doing and uh, just checklist it week by week. And I think everybody enjoy that, but we haven't really thought of it that way. I think right now we're just like um, deep in it and just trying to like, share these kinds of uh new strategies and then new ways to share the work i'll be right? frank with you i don't Please. think you need the roadmap and i feel that it's not me saying it it's your community saying it because as you know you've been the very early adapter and creator of the whole web3 movement specifically crypto art and web3 art in this space in this digital realm Things change so fast. You oh, never sure. know what is going to be relevant. Some of the trending things from a few weeks from now do not exist anymore. Totally. There yeah. is some. There I is think some there's something to say though. Thing. There is some I... historical things that will be relevant all the time, like CryptoPunks, for example. Sure. We've been discussing yeah. it with you many, many times. But as you see, with all this, I still want someone to like hype, us enough to give us one. Okay. I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for someone to like us enough to be like, you know what? Y'all get one. I'm also like, waiting. I'm also waiting. For right? That. Aren't we all? Let me be honest. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Adriana, you too, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's like, I, I would say just to that one thought of like roadmap thing, I think it's also kind of nice to just communicate when you're going to change the plan. You know, it's like put the roadmap out and then be like, hey, you know what? this idea seems kind of fucking stupid now. So we're not going to do that one <laughs> and waste resources to go there. But like, now we're going to do this. I feel like it might be good if we do that. But again, it's like a, it's like a daydream because reality is we move so fast. If there's anything I could do to just make it so we could move faster, I would probably continue to do that before I would write things down and share things in advance. I'd probably just put those resources into being even quicker. Um, I, I love it. 
Yeah. I don't know, though, if it's called roadmap. Most probably it's called brainstorming or just having a business plan. Because what you have is much more than just this NFT hype or some small project. You have the whole community. And some things that we're going to discuss in a moment, you have a worldwide access oh, yeah. with worldwide community. So in your case, it's a bit more than just a roadmap. It's more about having this business yeah, plan. It's, it's more about people having like... this vision. I think it's more than a business plan, though. I, I don't know. I just, I do like the idea of, like, uh, it feels like a bit of a roadmap, you know? But I still, I get what you're saying. It's like, we just, I don't know, it's just fun to tell people what's coming, you know? But I think, actually, when I tell people about shit, it makes me want to do it less, if that makes sense, somehow. Because I've already gotten the thrill of seeing your reaction, to what we're doing so now that i've gotten that already i kind of don't need to do it so that's why i kind of like don't enjoy talking about fucking anything because i'll let you talk about it you know i'll just do that shit and then let other people talk about the fact that we're doing that so again just you know my thoughts <laughs> i love it i absolutely love it i see that mark who is behind Rag Radio account, also just joined us. And actually, for yeah. Mark, if you were saying, Ad, that it's too early for you for Mark, it's 6.30 right now in the morning. So, Mark, GM, GM, absolutely appreciate you joining. We have another healing superstar OG of this space, Super Chief Gallery, the first in real life NFT gallery founded back in 2012. And with Edward Zipko here, we are about to discuss how the Web3 space help you to recreate and even maybe push this narrative that you have been building for almost three decades already. So Edward, tell me, what is the biggest opportunity that Web3 space brings for artists who are joining the space and for art flowers and creators like you who are helping them to establish their brand and show their beautiful work out there for the whole of the world oh dude it's a hundred percent scalability it's the global end of this that i feel like people don't talk about enough i think uh it's for everyone involved you know as more countries enter the chat and this gets more about uh a global network I think it just takes what everybody's used to. If like everybody's used to playing chess, you know, this is four dimensional chess all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're getting closer and closer to like Star Trek chess because you've got, you know, you just have everyone's different cycles that you can start to watch and see the adoption period per country. There's artists from different countries that you can learn about and get excited about and collect and, just being able to take something that has, you know, to different degrees over the last hundred years become much, much less necessary for you to be in the room with the visual artwork that you care about. Um, this is us finally being able to access a global market and participate in a global market and have a global base of content and artwork coming at you. I think that level really can't be understated that this is the first time that the art industry has gone through a global growth period. Um, 
I think that's like fucking nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with it. As you can see, I already got obsessed with it as well. I already started planning and thinking, how can I contribute to it and what should I do already today? <laughs> I know, man. I know, man. I know. Let's talk about the importance of in real life events. Because this is the way how you started your whole journey, right? Totally. Back at the early 2000s. And this is also the way how... I would say a normal Web3 user would associate Super Chief Gallery with. It's in real life events. And up until a certain period of time, which we're going to cover just in a few moments, you've been the biggest and the most powerful, this powerhouse when it comes to art creation, art exhibition back in the US. So why don't we talk about your exhibitions in LA, your exhibitions in Florida, your exhibitions all around the US, and especially events and communities that you are supporting and you are contributing. Because Super Chief Gallery, at the end of the day, it's all about people. People who you supported, people with whom you work, people who you represent. So totally. What about these events in the U.S.? You started them very, very early. If I'm not mistaken, you started them, uh, and I mean Web3 art, crypto art specifically, hmm. at around 2020, right? Um, well, we were doing a lot of digital art parties in like the 2016 to 2019. We were doing uh, quarterly events with like, we were incubating different communities like like felt zine um their first stuff was us incubating them in new york um we also i don't know i think the location in la was really special because we had uh we had a gallery in downtown la from 2013 to 2000 to 2020 um and then right before covid our neighbors had an illegal hash like butane hash factory and it exploded and it took out our building. It looked like our building had been hit by a rocket and luckily nobody this died, is wild. This but is it was wild. totally insane, dude. There's like footage of it, like with like bricks raining for blocks, totally insane. Um, almost killed my whole team and my co-founder in LA and it was right before COVID. So like basically we lost our, our whole situation in Los Angeles and then through NFTs and through what we were doing here, we actually raised enough money in 2021 that January 2022, we were able to open up a new spot in Los Angeles, twice as big, now a hybrid gallery between like physical and NFT art. And it basically, you know, we, we pushed it and opened the place up in six weeks, started doing, oh shit, even earlier, I think we did it in three weeks, actually. <laughs> And then we did like Sutu's uh, first solo show there and just started doing like big exhibitions to, I had a feeling that if we went as fast as humanly possible, we'd be able to make something big happen that would matter. I don't know why it was like really ringing in my head. And when we did the opening for Sutu, 
uh, the team from NFTLA came out and they were like, this is how you should show digital art. Would you like to be our digital art partner? Would you like to be like our NFT art partner? And I was like, yes, I just want full creative control. <laughs> I'll do it if I get full creative control. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. We don't know anything about NFT art. You know, like we just know PFP stuff. So like if we handle PFP and you handle like the art, then we should be good. And I was like, excellent work. So they killed it that year and brought in like over a quarter of a million in sponsorships to like pay for all kinds of crazy VIP dinners and shit. And that was great. Like we hosted all of it. And then for me, for LA, what I really wanted to do was like, how do I show the LA NFT art scene as a unified front? Because we could do all this satellite shit, but if I just brought everybody into the room and just showed everybody at a high level and gave everybody, you know, the, the right everybody's, but like gave everybody uh, time to gather and get it together, then we could do a really good kind of portrait snapshot of the scene and put together something we're all real proud of. So we fucking did it. And it was awesome. We worked with async. We worked with X copy. We worked with, uh, art blocks. We worked with the squiggles. We had, uh, you know, Jeff and Eric came by, we had the hell was the other one. Oh, you know, it was nice. We did, um, we brought, uh, uh, bright moments and the team from there over. And that actually kicked off uh, a really beautiful thing. So like when we had bright moments come over, it was just like, the first time we'd really met face to face and the team behind them is like, you know, they're great. They're like really fun. So um, when we were hanging out there, I was telling them that the year before uh, super chief had been scouted out to do a takeover of the European cultural center in Venice, Italy during the, for like the Venice Biennale. So that was fucking cool that we got that opportunity. So when we got that opportunity and it was like 2022, I guess. Yeah, it was 2022. I was like, you know, the coolest thing we could do with this is if we create the NFT art BNL and we'll bring together like the biggest people we can, you know, say hello to and do something that we're all really proud of at, you know, Venice during the Venice BNL. So for that, like we had already connected and set it up with art blocks. And I think Obscura DAO was also down. And then I was like, you know, for the, uh, for the whole bright moments team, like their whole thing to start was they're from like Venice beach, California. And they did the crypto Venetians as like their first thing. And I was like, you know, it'd be really cool is if we brought the crypto Venetians from Venice beach, California, to Venice, Italy. And that way it'd be like, you know, a nice little story. And they loved that. So we brought them out and they got involved in that. And then that kind of created the bridge between us and bright moments. So they invited us to take over a night when they did craft work in Berlin, which is fucking amazing. So we got to do cyberpunk at craft work basically because everybody's friendly. That was really the only you know, the only thing that's been stopping the traditional art world from having these kinds of opportunities like being shared is uh, it's just a lot different of an industry. So being able to do IRL events with the communities that we know online or get to hang out in person 
but like doing an actual event with them where we can share ground is uh, it's just the opposite of territorial. It's like the exponential developer. So it's, it's been super positive to be able to find those kinds of opportunities and share them. And I'm also, uh, I'm really big into kind of like the poetic end of this. We've had a, a really fun happenstance thing where it's like, we were able to take the, uh, the crypto Venetians and bring them to Venice, Italy. We were able to take, do you, uh, Nikki, do you know Chikai? Uh, I don't think so. Not in person. I don't think so. Chikai's great. He's, um, uh, he runs monolith monolith gallery. They're like an online curatorial thing that he does. Yeah, of um, course I know them. Yeah. Yeah. So he does that. And like, so I got to invite him and the monolith gallery to do uh, an exhibition on a giant monolith <laughs> in, uh, in Miami Art Basel. Um, no, during Miami Art Basel at Scope Art Fair on the beach. Um, so it was like a 22-foot uh, four-sided LED screen monolith. And it was really fun to, again, just as like a poetic thing, it's fun to take monolith gallery and put them on a monolith. It's fun to take, you know, the crypto-Venetians, bring them to Venice. And like, it's just fun. This is like a, a fun uh, world to play around in right now. You are a lucky man because Definitely. you you are creating the world in which you would love to live. You are creating the world on your own rules. And I'm freaking happy for you, man, because I know the way how you are going through all of these moments, how you're enjoying your journey and this is something that i wish everyone would go through it and i know that you are going through it i know that you are enjoying it so man this is this sounds so right to me oh thanks man have this web3 experience on your own on in your own way under your own rules the way how you see it the way how you want to innovate it and that's exactly what you're doing out here man you are crazy, and I'm happy for this. <laughs> Talking about crazy, something that is the most crazy thing, in my opinion, that recently happened to you is actually your entrance to the European market. And you already shared with us a few news out there, but the first event where Super Chief Gallery said, hey, you know what? Let us test this European market was NFT ROM. NFT ROM was a huge success. Totally. Organized by our friend Vandalo or yes. Luca three months, less than three months ago, actually, NFT Rome, the first edition, which was organized in under two months, yeah. was a huge success. And what we're having planned for edition number two for next year is even wilder, even bigger. And I know that you have already confirmed to be there as the art partner, to be there oh, as the art creator. 100 percent it's yeah, not even definitely. a question out there and yep. after that after we had a chat with you you remember the question i asked you when we we're having this family dinner for i don't know like 45 50 people out there <laughs> i asked you what is the biggest difference between the u.s market and european market and the reason i asked you this question if you remember i was saying that almost everyone who is coming to europe for the first time Almost everyone who is trying this Web3 Europe are shocked in a good way in terms of how little hype and how little of this 
craziness we have out here and how much of value we have. Things are growing really slow compared to the US market, but they are also growing in a more sustainable, in a more efficient way. And after this, you have attended almost all possible events and activations in Europe. You've been traveling around Europe for the last couple of months. And I'm extremely happy that you're coming to Paris with Super Cheap Gallery in just under one week. So I'm flying to Spain today. Let's go. Let's go, man. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing I, NFT I, show Europe on, uh, was it Friday and Saturday this week? Exactly, exactly. Oh. I was invited. I'm going to miss this one, but I see you in Paris. Absolutely. I want you to explain the idea behind the US market and Web3 market in Europe, just like you explained it to me, but explain it to the audience right now. What oh, do you sure. like about Europe and what are the biggest differences that make you bullish on what is happening out here in Europe. Otherwise, I don't understand, like, why are you spending all your time here in Europe <laughs> when you have your life in the end? There might, there should be some solid reasons. So share with us, my man. There are many reasons. Um, yeah, man, I think, like, I definitely think Europe is uh, wisely taking advantage of what they've been able to witness in America for the last year and a half. You know, I think Europe having a bit of a reserved entrance and now it almost feels what's fucking crazy is like the things that we were saying three months ago almost feel passe to say right now. Like it's not even like the most relevant take, but I'll say it anyhow because it's still it's still true. It's just not necessarily where it feels like things are right now. I think the... The American tailspin, you know, and the amount of hurt that the American market has gone through um, has slowed everything way the fuck down into a place where it's just a lot of people. It's kind of like in a standoff moment, you know, where everybody's just kind of keeping eyes on everything else in the room and doing a couple of things, but not not a ton of movement, you know. Everybody's just kind of like waiting it out, surviving, looking at trying to understand what the global market might bring and then what legislation is going to actually rain down in America. And, you know, the whole fucking like, will they, won't they <laughs> is is pretty much a, a, a place of like still very frozen, you know? And I think Europe's in a place where for the last six months, and again, this was even more relevant three months ago. I think it was a. I think it's been in a place of like exploratory um, excitement. You know, like the businesses are exploring the ways to make this work. The luxury market is exploring who's going to consult and position this all in the right way for their markets. Um, the institutions are less concerned with social media responses and more concerned with being aware and relevant about how to do things that engage with the audience that's into this. So I think you're seeing museums and other institutions being like curious and open-minded rather than rigid and in a place of needing control. Um, So I think that's been a really exciting environment to kind of see what the mindset is and it's it really is all of europe that i've i've seen so far has the same kind of like 
uh, I would say it's mild excitement. <laughs> like if I had to put a term to it, like they're not like frothing at the mouth like it was in America where everybody's like running through the streets and high-fiving because they're going to fucking Lambo. It's definitely a feeling of like, oh shit, this is, this is real. We're doing something that's fucking real and we're early. And I think that's uh, a different vibe, you know? I think also having, uh, having uh, more like, I guess, corporate adoption in, I think it's a little stealthier that's happening out in, uh, in Europe. And I think that the governments are not as uh, terrifying to work with. So I think there's, again, hopeful kind of nature bouncing around in Europe. Um, yeah, that's, that's my read on it. Also, an, another little nice bonus of, uh, of being in Europe is when I'm on the phone to Tokyo or Korea, it isn't mega painful for the time zones. <laughs> you know, like I was like, it's kind of nice talking to Asia when you're in Europe, you know, so it's um, there are bonuses all over the room. I love hearing it, man. Nevertheless, when Lambo? Oh, fucking when Lambo? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. All right, let's do it. Um, uh, Lambo when <laughs> when let's see. I think we need another continent in the chat. When another, when any one of them, any other continent jumps in, then you're going to see like, oh, look at this. <laughs> oh, an upswing. You know, I think, um, I think gaming is going to, you know, it was like fucking obvious. Everybody's been saying that for a year and a half. The gaming, they used to say PFP a lot. Now they are not PFP. They used to say play to earn a lot. Now they don't say that shit. They just say gaming. Cause that's apparently like a little step complicated. Um, I think, I think gaming's going to do like exponential what gaming does now. And I think that the, uh, the structures that come out of that are going to be another thing. that's going to like tear half of society apart <laughs> when you can like play video games for a living. I think it's going to change things in an interesting way for sure. But um, yeah, let's have an, another continent enter crypto and i think we're going to be doing a little bit better i love it you missed an amazing space last tuesday with web3 asia where we're, we're actually discussing two biggest trends that are happening right now in asia which is passion just getting mm -hmm. started there and gaming gaming have always has always been the biggest trend the biggest front runner of web3 space totally in the philippines in the singapore in korea just take, for example, Axie Infinity, the OG sure. of Web3 Gaming coming from the Philippines. And it's still there. It's still out there. Man, I know that we're running out of time, but I want to make sure that the audience who I assume have been enjoying our discussion, just like I am here right now, have a chance to chat with you, have a chance to see super cheap gallery activations in Paris, I have just pinned a tweet stating that you will be in Paris and I know that you are planning a lot of things out there. Sabrina emailed me earlier today with all the events that you're organizing. Basically, yeah. Super Chief Gallery will be active every single day. Yeah. Even some days 
multiple activations in the morning yeah. and in the evening. Share with the audience where can they meet you, what are some of the events that no one should miss, and what are your expectations, what are your plans for ECC week in Paris? And start by saying, actually, for how long are you here in Paris? Okay, so I'm going to be in Paris. Um, so I'm going to get into Paris on the morning of the 17th. Um, the evening of the 17th, we're doing a private party for Art Dow. So you, you can come to it, but I'm not going to share a flyer. Um, the 18th, we're going to do the formal opening for Art Dow's like, uh, group exhibition spot. And that'll be cool. So that'll be a fun one. Solid party vibe before the week gets too crazy. Then we're going to do... Oh, then I'm doing a panel at... Uh, what is it? Hyper something? It's the, the MetaMask Consensus. Uh, it's an event organized by Consensus. And, thank you so uh, much. It's a huge <laughs> event, which actually I want to give a huge shout out to my friend Francesco who is actually organizing all of this event from early right morning till late evening. So, Francesca, if you can hear us, we are coming there. There is another wonderful reason to be there. Nice. Um, so then the next day, we're going to be putting on an exhibition where we curate, or we curated for uh, MetaMask, an AR exhibition that we're doing at a kind of like a, a artist meet and greet kind of drinks hangout session that we're doing at this uh this little cafe so we're going to do ar artwork all over that and then later that night we're going to take over nft factory paris with our friends over there and uh host that artwork at nft factory paris across from the pompadou then the next day we're taking over uh eham gallery with our friend Greta, whom we love and we're bringing cyberpunk there so like uh yeah every day a bunch of shit <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be having a lot of fun out there i'm exhausted just thinking about it but you know we'll power through every day i'm shuffling <laughs> yeah we're doing what we can we're gonna enjoy it we're gonna enjoy it and all the people that you mentioned right now consensus grida uh all the other builders founders brands for bakery yeah. and paris or who are coming to support Paris, we're going to freaking enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it because we enjoyed it today when we're virtually, when we cannot see you, when we cannot touch you. But when we can see you and when we can touch you here in Paris, we're going to enjoy it even more. Man, I'm extremely excited for the fact that the whole super cheap family with artists, with creators, with community members and just supporters are coming here in Paris because Paris is another wonderful Web3 hub, perhaps the fastest growing Web3, uh, Web3 hub out there. I, I think so. I would absolutely love to join you for Ardao event on Monday. Yeah, and I'm definitely fun. coming to support you and Grida. So please email me about these events because I already uh, RSVP'd for all the other events. I'm sure. to see you, coming to see Luca, everyone else out there. Hell yeah. Man, it's been a huge, huge pleasure to have you here today. It's been a lot of value and a lot of insights that you share with us here today. And I want to say just one thing. I respect you and I respect 
the way how you see that three space. I respect that you are not adapting based on someone else's needs, that you're not adjusting, but you have your own vision, you have your own thesis around the whole web three space about crypto art. And every single day, together with your team, together with supporters, you are one step closer to this ideal case scenario, to this goal. Man, absolutely enjoyed hearing your voice. I cannot freaking wait to see you in Paris. We're going to have Nick, a lot of best. good time. You are the best, man. You are I the absolutely fucking best. love it. I absolutely Thank you love for your time it. Today, and I want this everyone awesome. to know. I want everyone to know that you are amazing. I love you. I also want to say thank you, everyone who joined us today. Mark, behind the Rug Radio account, Golden, Adriana. I see absolutely all of you. Guys, I love you. I love the audience who joined us today. Hopefully, you enjoyed the space as much as we did. And Origins XYZ will be back next week, as always, 3 p.m. set time with a live space from Paris together with a fashion icon next decade who were actually organizing together with me the whole fashion stage back in Lisbon where you were, Edward, so come and join us. You'll be in Paris. We're going to have some fun. Absolutely. thank you very much. I love you and... See you in the metaverse. Thanks again, Nikki. Excellent. Excellent. Catch y'all later. Thanks for the time.